Hello, hello, hello to the world of the internet. Thank you for showing up for yet another. Let's talk about feelings with myself and Dusty Pitstick on the wonderful Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, as always, thanks to Guy and Gabe and everyone else on the team for giving us a place where we can do something that Tattooers don't usually do and uh, talk about feelings. Um, so uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this one moving today because my computer did that thing where the Wi-Fi likes to be stupid. Uh, but here we are. Figured it out very easily. Um, hello, Amber. How are you today, love? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm How's wonder your holiday going? Um, not a holiday at all. Uh, I am, I just did, um, my, my one tattoo education course. So that took up most of my day. And, uh, now I am here doing this. And then after this, I'm going to put together the video of my vasectomy and upload that to the rad movement. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm okay with it because Saturday I ended up at a friend's house for their son's graduation party. And then yesterday I ended up at another friend's house for a birthday party. So I'm kind of like, you know, partied and peopled out. I'm kind of glad to just chill. Uh, Donna ran to the store to grab some things. And uh, yeah, that's about, that's about my day so far. So how about yourself? I had a very full weekend. I was at the shop all day on Friday, and then Friday night was my best friend's birthday party. Okay. So we did a, um, you know, we smoked a little green and did a thought process altering amount of shrooms. Okay. Okay. And I got my nose readjusted, so I'm all kinds of back in the game. <laughs> so... Nose readjusted during the shroom trip or? Absolutely. I never do a large trip without learning something new about myself and getting myself back on track. Okay. Okay. So explain the nose readjustment. Um, I was just way too much in my own head. I had basically had my head back up my ass. Yeah. I was yeah. way too much. I was shitting on myself. I was comparing my work to other people's, not the work I did the day before. Yeah. I was just, you know, down on myself and being too critical of my own progress. Mm. Pretty powerful stuff there. Yes. And sometimes, you know, a good mind altering trip gives, gets away, gets rid of all that stupid crap that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely. peels back the paper of the onion. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I love doing DMT also, because you always gain something from it. But it's such a shorter trip than, you know, devoting, you know, eight or so hours to being in the ether. <laughs> yeah. But it is a lot of fun um, to learn about yourself. It can just be, man, the older I get, the more the trips hurt, you know, like just it's it's uh it's harder for me to go inside and deal. Yeah. Um, the letting go process is hard for me. 
you know, between the the dosing and then the experience, it's it gets rough. <laughs> I, I plan to do an ayahuasca journey eventually. Okay. Yeah, those seem those seem like they're uh also very difficult. Um the purge before is uh, yeah. I, I need some purging. I can tell there's some things I need to purge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can dig that. Um, it's funny. So I um, I had an experience recently uh, when I went down to that guest spot with John Nelson. Um, and uh, I ate way too many edibles on accident one day. Yeah. And... Uh, Vomited for like 30 minutes, uh, which is not really normal for for uh, edibles. Yeah. But it was weird. It was like, so I, hello, Dusty. Hello. I'm just sharing. Um, So Amber just shared a little bit about uh, a mushroom trip she was on and how she adjusted her, her nose, as she says. <laughs> and... Uh, I was talking about when I was just at John Nelson's shop, how I went back to the hotel on Monday night and I was like, what a great day. Let me eat some edibles and celebrate this great day. And uh, I ate more edibles than I should have. Didn't really know, but like, as I was going for that second half a cookie, I was like overindulging. And like, mm. I just that word, right? So uh, also we ordered a bunch of food and as I'm eating the food, I hear overindulging. Uh, and then did I tell this story on here yet or no? No. Okay. So I, I hear overindulging a couple of times. Then, uh, and we had been talking about surrender all day long on John's podcast and then on our podcast. So like there was a lot of surrender talk. So as Keep I said, song yeah right there you go it's it's a real thing <laughs> um so i then go into this point where now i'm like oh fuck i'm gonna throw up i went from like wow these edibles were great to wow i ate too many so uh i didn't have my leg on because i was just chilling and uh, donna went immediately into mom mode and less into um you know what i would have done and like pointed out what I did wrong you know she was just like hey how can I help you how can I love you what do you need so like that was really brilliant and so I'm like I need the trash can so she brings me the trash can and I fucking vomited for like 30 minutes like it was bad and like I remember I, I remember hearing overindulging while I was eating the food too because like we had a lot of food and I was like oh but it's so tasty so I'm eating all this food then I'm throwing up everywhere and Every so often when I'm like fighting it, I hear a surrender. So I like start to surrender and vomit again and like violent projectile vomiting. It was bad. Um, and so after a while, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, maybe we're not gonna throw up anymore. So I get myself to the bed, I go to lay down um, and I'm staring at Donna and she was the only thing keeping me stable. Uh, and I'm thinking about, you know, how she handled this situation and how positively she handled it and how I wouldn't have naturally gone there. 
Um, and then I start hearing surrender to love. And so it goes from like this weird, painful, annoying surrender that I don't want to deal with and vomiting my dick off to surrendering to love and realizing it like I have love right here in my life, in my eyeline, um, in my grasp. And she's such a loving pe person and she's like so open and willing to give love. And I'm realizing that like with all my fear of divorce and all the shit that I've been through that I'm holding on to, I need to surrender to love. So this really weird, violent vomiting spree turned into like this really beautiful thing where I end up just like laying there, keeping my eyes on her. And every time I don't look at her, I'm fucking feeling sick again. So I'm just laying there staring at her and like, being vulnerable and giving her my love. And uh, it was really cool. It was a super great experience that started out super fucking butt shitty um, and ended up really fucking beautiful. And I was really pleased with the whole, with the experience on, as a whole, um, even though I was vomiting my face off for a while there. So mm. it was just an interesting trip to go on, uh, especially considering like I've not been smoking um uh, just because i don't really like what it does to my throat and i imagine it's not going to do good for me if i keep smoking like this uh so like for me to like you know be like hey i'm gonna give myself a little weed, weed buzz to celebrate a great day and like end up learning this whole thing about myself and like going down this whole crazy rabbit hole i was like whoa uh yeah uh this is what people say when they're like, wow, that weed hit me so hard. I felt like I was on mushrooms because at one point in time, I was like, dude, I feel like I'm tripping. And then another point in time, I scared Donna. She's like, do I need to call an ambulance? And usually I'm like, nah, dog. I was like, give me 30 minutes to an hour and we'll see. And like I had gotten that scared because it was that fucking weird for me. So uh, it was a wild trip. Um, so I imagine your trip was way more intense and way more long in experience. Um, but for me, it was very interesting to have that type of eye-opening hallucinogen-style trip on mm. eat edibles. Yeah. So, yeah. That was that there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but similar to you, I learned something about myself. You know, I learned that I'm withholding the love um, that, I am so desperately seeking. You know, it's it's me that withholds the love. It's not Donna or marriage. Uh, it's me. So yeah, it was an interesting lesson to learn in a very painful way. Um, and not painful like punch me or tattoo me. Uh, painful in like knowing to have to surrender. Like, dude, it sucks when like you're sitting there saying, okay, well, I want to surrender now. And like, well, now the, the part that you're going through is like the pain or the discomfort. Yeah. Uh, surrender. And you're like, but I don't want this. I just want to surrender. Can we just like, can we just get to the goods right now instead of this? And, you know, Dusty, I know you've experienced some surrender in your life recently as well. Um, not of the drug induced kind, but, you know, where you just kind of have to give in and be like, all right, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? 
do I have to learn from this and how do I move on? So you say not drug induced, but I had three slices of little Caesars yesterday. So <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I was feeling it. Kind of drug um, No, I, I, this is like an unrelated sidebar, but I have to bring it up really quick. Um, there's this thing, if you saw my Instagram stories, you saw it. And it was funny because like every once in a while, I'll post an Instagram story that just resonates really well, I guess, because I'll have like 50 different people respond to it and all of this stuff. Um, did you see the one I posted yesterday about how weird shit just always happens to me in retail and food scenarios? No, I didn't see that. Okay, so the, the very short version of the story is that I went to Little Caesars yesterday. Uh, I was like, oh, I have the day off work, and there was like a pro wrestling pay-per-view. I'm going to get pizza and invite friends over, whatever. Um, and I go in to get a hot and ready pizza because they're hot and they're ready. Like, that's the shtick. Give us $6 and you have bad food. Um, and uh, Still I went better in. better than Domino's. It, oh, hands down. Plus, like, the Little Caesars guy paid Rosa Parks' rent until she died. So they forever have my respect. Um, really? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's It's crazy. Really Look cool. it up. For, like, decades. Um, but I go in, and it turns into this whole thing where, like, somehow <laughs> me ordering a half-cheese, half-pepperoni pizza turns into them, like, making four pizzas but they charged me for two and it was this whole thing and they like the receipt printer wasn't working so they know i gave them money but they couldn't refund me because they didn't like they couldn't prove they charged me so they gave me all this other food it was a whole thing like nobody was malicious and it was like a genuine i think their computer just like had a moment and i just happened to be the one but like that stuff happens to me all the time and uh since i brought up the little caesar thing i just had to bring that up like when I was, last time I was down in Florida, Robbie and I ordered food and we went there and we like skated in with like one minute before close. And then they're like, oh, that's great. But you somehow ordered from this other one on like the other side of Florida, like 30 minutes away. And we ended up having to drive to this other place. Like all these weird yeah. computer glitchy kind of things seem to happen to me. Um, and uh, I, I brought it up because that is a... Uh, the little Caesar thing just made me think of it and uh it's been on my mind that has been my biggest feelingsy thing of the past 24 hours is just dealing with this like why does this weird stuff always happen to me um like I had posted a follow-up story with all this other stuff that happened like I was at UDF a week and this is a couple weeks ago now and both employees were on separate cell phones complaining about each other to management and like screaming and f-bombs and like screaming that turned into like like a downright brawl and stuff and i've already paid for my milkshake so i'm just like patiently watching them like headlock each other like can i just please have my milkshake um <laughs> so that is my big feelings you think for the week is like why do all of these weird things happen when i'm at these stores um but no uh, on the relation of that yeah it's been more than a weird week yeah. um not in a bad way though necessarily everything feels pretty chill at the moment i think a lot of things it's one of those like a lot of things that needed to happen kind of happen sort of scenarios but it is 
at some point nice to be able to take your lumps on your side of things and being like, Hey, maybe I'm not handling stuff the best way. And I can take credit for that. Credit, credit's a happy word. I can take responsibility for that, I guess is a better word. And to, uh, maybe, you know, look at what's working and what isn't and switch some things up. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's something we could all use more of is that ability to be like, Hey, I, I might be, you know, part of the problem and I can equally be part of the solution to, uh, you know, sometimes it involves airing grievances. Sometimes it involves making changes, all of that sort of stuff. But, uh, I don't know. The, the week was, it was a weird last Monday and last Sunday. And then honestly, like I got back from Hell City kind of out of the frying pan into the fire kind of thing. And uh, the rest of this week is aside from working nonstop and pretty chill actually. So it's kind of, it's maybe a nice little universal affirmation that, you know, maybe things are heading in a good direction, which is good. Good things are good. Yeah. Well, you know, when things go wrong, we kind of feel like life is going to be over. And it typically isn't ever until it's over, you know? So, like, we stress ourselves so hard with the tasks at hand or the worries at hand. Um, And, yeah, like you said, like, looking back on it now, there's a couple of things that needed to happen, a couple of things that probably sucked. uh, But at the end of the day... What happened happened. What was meant to happen happened. Um, and now you're through the learning of it, through the pain part of it, and just like, oh wow, life doesn't have to fall apart just because a couple of things don't go perfectly. Yeah. And it's really easy to like feel like life is falling apart. Uh and it doesn't. But you know, like <clears throat> you know, you know our piercer quit abruptly. Um, then I had a really, a really positive outpouring of new applicants, um, hired two of them. One of them's first day was today and last day was today. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, what happened with that? Just not being the person that they presented as during the, the interview. Um, okay. And, you know, like, that's one of my things in the interview process, like, if you come to work with us, if you continue to be the person that you present as, we're going to be fine. And if it doesn't go that way, and that's just not the way it is, and then we don't work together anymore. So yeah. um, it was it was pretty cool that as a business, my business was able to identify um, and handle the problem with nothing more than a 10-minute phone call between me Uh, and Brittany and Dana, just to make sure that like, this is definitely what they wanted. And this is what the shop needed. And I was 100% on board with helping them carry out what they needed to carry out. You know, the the number one most important rule is don't fuck up the vibe in my shop. You know, and if the vibe isn't right, then you don't be there. And so that was that was very good. Um, then I talked to another local business owner who um, <clears throat> he's been in business a very long time in this town. And I look up to him and appreciate his, his, you know, his words. Cause he, uh, there was an artist that used to work at his shop and he's, 
uh, wanting to come and work at our shop. And I told him, you know, uh, I just kind of want to see where you think on this. And he's like, man, I've seen you've had a bit of a revolving door lately. And I was like, yeah, I have. But the, the positive thing to that is now my studio knows when someone's a right fit. And this person that seemed like a great fit is not. And they figured that out immediately and handled it. And like it, it all, it all ironed itself out fairly easily. And so with having a number of people coming in and out, we're learning who's really meant to be there. Yeah. You know, cause you know, the new artist, Abby, that we take, that we took on, she's still proving to be awesome. Um, and it felt right. And she felt like a good fit, a good proper fit. Um, and, you know, uh, we're still sussing out our, our other piercer, Spike, who I've known him for years, but I've never worked with him. Uh, but like, he seems to be a good fit and it seems to work. And the thing is, I know that if any one of these people in the studio don't work out, it's just because they weren't meant to be there any longer. And the yeah. next person that's meant to be there will be there. So like, I'm taking the personal emotion out of uh, owning the business, you know, like, yes, I can love you. Yes. I'm going to want you there, but like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and it doesn't have to. So there's a saying, and this is like the most Midwestern drunk ant, uh, kind of homespun yarn of wisdom, uh, that you don't force a fart cause it might be shit. <laughs> And uh, as as horrible as it is, then it should be on like a bad welcome mat. Like it's it's kind of it's apt, uh, and it's funny because I I've kind of been feeling the same thing that uh, you know when the right fit comes along they'll come along and when they don't they don't but that's the only way you'll figure it out and yada yada and like you know people left our shop recently and it's people that I still do like and I still do care about but they just. I, you know, sometimes it's not the right fit. And I, I think they're going to figure out what is the right fit for them. And I'm stoked on that. Um, but uh, in, in a short period of time, I had somebody else did reach out and was essentially like, hey, um, you know, here's this other person that uh, isn't happy where they're at. And they were at my shop. Now they're at another shop. You know, it, it seems like things aren't working out for them. And it's a person who they're, they're earlier on, but I like their art. And it's something that I at least took into consideration of like, okay, well, I could, you know, talk to our owner and we can talk about some things. And um, I know someone at our shop had been tattooed by them recently and stuff. And the way that it, it kind of spelled out that maybe this person's just complaining about not being happy where they're at. Uh, but like, maybe they're kind of the problem sort of thing that they're not. And, you know, I talked to the guy at our shop that knows them and it's like, yeah, they were supposed to come pick up stuff from me that I offered them from tattooing, like, oh, here's some stuff to help you out. And they never came and got it. Uh, you know, just maybe just like not a great complainative person. And so it is that thing of like the initial wave of knowing their art and knowing who they are as a person is kind of a cool person. I'm like, oh, that could be a really cool fit, but not chasing it down and being like, fuck, that's awesome. And let's build and let's go, let's go, let's go. Just giving it a few days to breathe and like talking to a few people in here and kind of like, Eh, maybe maybe you know they're a little bit of the problem and maybe it's not someone you want to grab um 
And I think surrender is a perfect kind of cosmic theme for the day, because that is, if you know anything about me, it's that when there is a problem or anything, I'm like, all right, how do we solve it? How do we fix it? How do we move on? Okay. Now these people are gone. Like, how do we get someone in that seat? How do we do You know, my brain will never stop going. It's 2 AM and everybody's just trying to watch trashy reality shows on Netflix. And I'm scrolling through my phone, like, all right, what can we do now? What can we do now? Right. Um, right. And so learning to take a step back and just being like, nah, man, the right, the right who and when will show up when it shows up and take a, take a big ass deep breath first and kind of get it together. And, you know, yeah. Learn, learning to take a step back and be like, all right, it'll, it'll show itself, chill out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I went through a long period of that after my mass exodus and had a bunch of artists gone and I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? We're never going to recover from this. We're never going to recover from this. We're never going to get the artists. Nobody's ever going to want to work here because they're probably right about me. And, but you know, it's so like the, the cycle of bullshit. And then I realized, oh, just relax, man. What's meant for you is meant for you. Um, just chill. You know, like uh, <clears throat> your desires also desire you is something that keeps coming up in my life lately. Uh, and that's the truth. Like, you know, our, our new artist, Abby, She's so thankful for being there. And we're so thankful to have her. And it's like, great, this is awesome. We're all thankful. We're all appreciative. We're all in the right vibe. You know, like this is the type of people that need to be in my shop, you know? And also uh, she's like in the first week or so, I've never made more as much money as this. Wow, that's cool. Cause you're giving me 50% and a lot of people bitch about 50%, but we're doing it in a way to where you can still make good money you yeah know? So it's like a really interesting thing um because you know like Hart and huntington i modeled a lot of my shit after what they do at their shop um you know and as far as like taking care of the artists and making sure they're pampered and like making sure they don't have to really do anything except for coming into work and tattoo um and also their minimums like 250 so you know if you're doing 10 minimums a day you know, a little banger walk in fucking, you know, easy ones. And you're doing it for 250 a pop and you're paying 50, 50% to the shop. You're not doing so bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I'm learning that, you know, you can, you can raise your rates, uh, you, you know, to reasonable levels uh, for the experience that we're offering and still pay the shop a 50% cut. And now the shop fucking gives you all these wonderful things that, you wouldn't get if you're not getting a 50 cut and like it makes sense right like and another thing i've re I've, I've realized we've not had one artist that come to our shop and actually we've only had one that didn't say yo i've made more money here than anywhere else like it's really cool to know that like what we're doing is working um and we're able to feed people's families and i have to put down the um the guilt of charging a percentage to artists that are working in my shop uh, because like we're, we're providing the service that fits certain artists. And if it doesn't fit you, you don't work here. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it seems like wherever you go, whatever you do from everyone I've talked to and everything I've done, it's some shops exist that are 70 30 they're few and far between but for the most part it's either 50 50 and we provide everything or it's 60 40 
you're paying for a good chunk of your inks and cartridges and stuff. So like, I mean, you're really not that far off from the, the, the only people that I think would go into that situation that would be like, kind of like, Ooh, are people that have booth rent and right. you know, not a lot of shops offer that anymore. Uh, it's kind of a little thing that it's, I feel like if it's more of a private studio and the artist is there to do their work and make their money and they happen to have a couple booths to rent out, they will. But most times if it's like a store owned kind of thing, like people do steer away from that. And there's pluses and minuses, um, you know, booth rent is cool because you absolutely know what you're going to get every week. Even if that artist is gone for two weeks straight, Hey, I'm still getting my X amount of money, which is cool that you can rely on it and know it's there. But uh, you also have to have the right artists that you trust to pay you and not, oh, man, I know it's been four days. I'm supposed to get it to you on Monday. I'll get it to you after I chat. To, you know, you got to have the right people and stuff. But, I mean, it, it, what you're doing for how much you guys provide doesn't seem unreasonable on top of the fact that, like, the last shop that I was at for years was a shop that I, I chose between 60-40 and 50-50, the 50-50 option, because I'm like, oh, man, I don't have to pay for inks. I don't have to pay for cart. Like a lot of this stuff is covered. Right. And the way that that shop did, it was a reimbursement system. So I was buying what I needed when I needed it. And then I just put it at the envelope and the end of the day when I would usually turn in my cut. So like, not only are they handling everything, but they're trusting me to do it to where I'm not waiting for, Oh, you know, or like, Oh, the shop uses these cartridges and I'm fucking bougie. And I like peak needles and they make me do, you know, like it, it was a cool setup. But that shop also like didn't really advertise me or throw much my way. Like it was still on me to, and I did good for myself. Um, so that I was never like upset about it, but I did watch some other artists at that shop go through like, you know, some slim weeks where they're pimping the fuck out of themselves, but the shop isn't really doing much to throw them anything or promote them. Whereas with your guys' shop, I mean, I don't even live in Florida and I've seen, you know, more photos of that Abby girl than I have of people that I work with at my shop. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you guys really go out of your way. Um, you know, last time we were down there, we were talking about the whole split and percentage and stuff overall, because, you know, someone else came to guest and someone found them through your guys's paid advertisements. And that's where I was like, I've never even asked questions about how much money's handed me at the end or what the split is because even the people I have befriended and I am hitting up and doing my own hustling, like I met through the shop immediately or I met at the shop when their friend was getting pierced and I'm just like, hey, you're here, why don't you get tattooed? You know, like it all provides itself, but it's stuff that facilitated itself through you guys because you really do go out of your way to, I mean, I feel like you guys could have a shop in the desert where the only people that come through are fucking you know cactuses and shit and you would still be posting every day hey right. robbie hey like <laughs> it, it's just in your blood to promote and to do that so like yeah you're gonna tell me that you take 50 but i get 50 you're bringing in traffic you're promoting me you're providing all my supplies like that's not a hateful deal at all right because i've seen a I, I have a buddy actually here in ohio that uh, he's opening up his second shop right now but the two employees that he had at his first shop were very they were bad setup pretty much and it's a lot of street traffic he kept them busy and they kind of like i don't want to say cooed because that's very melodramatic but they were definitely like kind of wore him down into the meeting of like we want 60 40 we want 60 40 we want 60 40 and so he sits down with them and he's like all right you know i really thought long and hard on it 
the way what I'm doing is a pretty industry standard thing. But if you guys want to do 60, 40, then we're going to do 60, 40. Um, I'm not going to be paying for cartridges and ink. Uh, and he kind of took that step back. of like, I'll still promote you. You still work here. You know, obviously you're still going to get fed clients that walk in because there's only three of us anyways. And I'm usually booked with day sessions, but like, you're going to have to come into your own on accounting for your inks and your cartridges and a lot of these things. And when they turned around and were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we don't want it that way. He was like, I mean, that's how it works. Go talk to your friends to get 60, 40, ask them why they get 60, 40, ask them what ordering they do, ask them this, ask them that. And uh, it was funny to watch them kind of want to have their cake and eat it too. And then be like, well, this is the industry reality. And, you know, we don't do everything for you. Um, so yeah, there, the, that was a long tangent just really to say that you're not, you know, you're, you're looking at it from a perspective of like, man, I, it feels good to know that something is working, even though we do all this, when in reality, like, you're kind of doing the standard, you're not really taking a huge percentage or anything major. I've just had a, I've had a number of people, you know, complain after they left or during the leaving process. Um, and I see people on these fucking tattoo forums and I know tattoo forums have everybody and their mother in there. So like, you know, I and the, the negative things they'll say about 50-50 shop owners, I'm like, we're people too, you know? Like, because they fucking... Oh, I, I will say, and there is a difference, I've heard a lot of people complain about 50-50 shop owners that don't tattoo or anything. Uh, it's just like, hey, I'm a guy that owns this building. I'll put in a shop, but I want half of everything you make. Like it's a little predatory, but like you're literally in the trenches tattooing. I know some shops where the owners are artists that haven't tattooed in a year or two. They don't do it a lot. That maybe I feel different ways about that. But I mean, if you're at a shop where like, you know, Saturday I sat down and tattooed a good chunk of the day and Paul did three or four pieces just that day while we're hanging out. Um, he just had a bunch of little stuff people have been bugging him about. So he's like, all right, I'm going to take my Saturday and knock out all these palm sized pieces, whatever. I have no issues being more loyal to someone like that, that I'm like, they're sitting here making their money too. They're putting in their work, they're doing their thing. Then, you know, the guy that just shows up once a month, like, Hey, where's that envelope? Uh, and doesn't know how to tattoo or anything. Just wanted to open up a shop because it's, they hear it's profitable. Well, and, and, you know, like really, take emotions out of it and neither but no no owner's doing wrong for taking the percentage because like yeah you open the business so you put your neck on the line and then that's like that's more like ethics at the end of the day yeah and and that's not yeah it's more of a grody thing to me personally just because it's like it feels very like hello fellow youths of it you know like (laughs) you know if you you uh, <laughs> long, 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 long ago, between apprenticing and tattooing, and then falling back into tattooing uh, in downtown Dayton in the Oregon, like the arts district, two buddies and I owned a guitar shop together, like sales and repairs. And our tech was awesome. He could build tube amps from scratch and all that stuff. And we owned that business for years, and I really liked it. Um, but I play bass, and I toured the freaking country playing music. My buddy who opened the shop with me played guitar he could play any instrument really he you couldn't find a dude that was better at like seeing an amp from across the room and being like oh that's a 58 fender 
blackface super reverb that was the cbs reissue when they were doing it like he was just huge nerd for that stuff and then the third guy was a buddy of ours who didn't know really he knew about music uh he liked music and he knew about bands and stuff but he didn't really know a lot about music and there would be times where like we tried our best to not leave him in the store alone because he was awesome at what he did and he got a lot of income going and he partnered up the right way everything was cool about it but if you left him in there alone and someone came in and they're like oh hey i need strings you know i play a fucking gibson les paul i want to down tune the d standard i want something a little thicker what should i do and he'd be like well these ones have the pink package and you know this one has the yellow package uh it, it feels a little bit that way and i've definitely known some shop owners that are like well you know boff snake cuz and it's like they don't so that's that's like it's yeah. less of a ethical thing from the grounds of like yeah if you open a business you have every right to make money off your business and more of a like did you open it because you love tattooing and you want to see it thrive and you want to see artists succeed and you love the lifestyle or did you open it because you're like hey this is popular right now let me cash in on it and even then fuck it do you just i might be a little bit like ew um, you know, and, and that's why I feel like the, the balance in our business works out because my partner is a non-tattooer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Rich, you've met him. Yeah. He's been 20 years plus coming to the tattoo shop and taking four hours to say goodbye and actually leave. So, yeah. you know, that guy, I, I look at him as like he's been vetted because he's like an actual, like a true lover of the tattoo arts. And he was somebody who fucking believed in me. Yeah, and he did it with a tattooer. Right, exactly. He took the leap with me. But no, we don't leave Rich in the shop alone. Like, because, you know... (laughs) And I I love Rich, but I can totally see Rich in there alone. Just, like, living his best life, but also having not a ton of clue what's going on with some of the stuff. You know, like, he's like, oh, hey, yeah. Come on by, we'll hook you up. We don't fucking hook people up. We get people taken care of. Like when you tell them we're gonna hook you up, now they think they're getting a discount. You know, yeah. you know, like and and like he'll he'll just say silly things in his rich way and his his like you know dad style. And it's like you can be a dad up in this bitch, but like you have to know what the fuck you're doing. And like there's just things he just doesn't understand fully. So like we know what his role is and he knows what our roles are and you know, it makes it it makes it for a smoother going situation. And oh, like, yeah. you know, like, oh, OK, cool. You aren't a tattooer, but at least you paired with a very well-rounded and well-known tattooer and you're doing the right things, not pretending that, you know, tattoo. Yeah, you, you own and, and, and you don't operate the shop. You know, he also collects a lot of really cool tattoos. That was our, our rich was named Dean. Okay. And he was, I would say, so I am 37. Uh, my buddy that I own the shop with, I would want to say, I think he's four or five years older. So he's got to be like 41, 42. Dean is, I would assume in like his mid fifties now, like he was a little older than us. Um, really cool guy. They knew each other through work. So they partnered up and then I partnered up with them. But he was like, he was a break dancer. Like he had been on Star Search even back in the 80s. His, his signature move was that he would break dance in a suit. And he had like a suit pocket that he would like cut up his own like glitter confetti out of like shiny paper. And he would like on his way out, like smoothly like robot in and pull it out and sprinkle it while he danced off. So he's like 
sprinkling at his feet. Uh, cool guy. He knew about music. He was really fun to be around. Like I had nothing but love for him. But it was just, yeah, you didn't want to leave him in the shop alone too long because like business, boom, ethical dude, boom, everything else about him, great. But if you left him alone and someone was like, oh, you know, like I, what kind of picks for playing this kind of music, he'd be, oh, you know, have you heard about Van Halen? They're pretty cool, right? You know, like <laughs> that, that was that was his shortcoming um, the same way that, you know, everybody has theirs. But that, you know, that's why he partnered up with us. He knew what we he knew we knew what we were doing. He knew we knew how to make the money. He knew it was a sound investment. Right. And like, to be perfectly honest, for the most part, we had a ball, but we kind of broke even and then sold the business at a mild profit. Um, it never like flourished into a big empire because, you know, it was a labor of love sort of thing. Nobody ever went hungry. Like it, it did well. Right. Um, but it wasn't this big musical empire sort of thing the same way that like, you know, if you go like rich going in with you guys, is the shop going to make good money? Yes. Are the artists going to be paid? Yes. Did we all have a blast? Yes. Is he going to be a millionaire overnight off of it? Probably not. Uh, he yeah. knows it's a journey it's and so a, there are people like that that are good but there are also people that open shops that uh you know not not to delve too much into the last episode but are the whole you know fifteen hundred dollar consult and this and we got to do this and we got to charge them for this and we got to hit them for this and it's like you just had a cool space with exposed brick and through a bunch of third year kind of hip tattoo artists in here to just line your pockets with tens of thousands of dollars a month. And that's kind of lame. Right. Well, and while I'm down for tens of thousands of dollars a month, um, you know, heart centered and aligned is usually how I operate more so. So like, if it doesn't feel heart centered and doesn't feel aligned, I don't care how much money I'm making. I'm going to feel bad about the money I'm making. Yeah. And I feel like you, you operate a place where aside from the occasional person that, uh, isn't the right fit and you figure it out pretty quickly um you know i don't think you would have any reason to feel bad about any of the people that work there or about how you're making the money or how they're working or if they're struggling because i don't think anyone there is right no like they're they're all doing fairly well um you know they're they're all finding their way uh, as as we do you know um and now giving that that management position to dana one of the tattooers that's been with us since the beginning and he's been tattooing 20 plus years like now he's a manager of the tattoo and piercing side so he actually got to get his percentage his percentage went up um okay that's awesome dana's cool yeah dude and like when we started talking about our piercer leaving like this is when that came up and i was like huh you seem like really horny to fucking do business the right way and he's like i've been doing this shit fucking 20 plus years dude I I'm here for it. And I'm like, huh. All right. Well, now we need you on the, on, on uh, another tier of this team. And I'm super excited to see him at that. Uh, and I feel great about it. Dude, I never knew that I could do things like that. You know, I never knew I could like hire other artists to be the manager that I don't want to be. Um, and there was plenty of times where I was the tattooer that would love to be hired as your managing artist. you know? So like, fuck, I didn't realize we can do all this. So it's really cool watching the tattoo shop come together in the way that it is. And like, this has been 10 plus years of me fighting with myself about taking a percentage out of people. 
And I'm finally like settling into just like knowing, no, I am bringing them a valuable fucking you know, job position. Um, and Sean O'Hare helped me realize that when our piercer left, because like I called him immediately and I'm like, dog, I'm scared. Like, what am I going to do? And he's like, bro, you get to revamp your piercing side. Now you're not doing $20 piercings anymore. You get to upgrade your jewelry. You get to upgrade the whole field, the piercing area. So like, don't worry, buddy. Like, you're great. At one point in time, he texted me and he's like, great shop, great people, great opportunity. You got nothing to worry about. And I was like, huh, wow, I guess you're right. <laughs> but, you know, looking looking from the outside that I'm successful, um, it's a look sometimes more than it's a feeling, you know? And uh, I think all successful people have that, you know, like, we feel like we look more successful than we really feel all the time. Um, and I'm learning how to just feel good about what I'm doing. And now I know if you have a problem with our pay scale at our shop, then it's just not the shop for you. You know, if you have a problem with things, it's just, we're just not meant to work together. It's what it is. You can, you can still like people that don't work with you and you can still understand their side of things. It's not like, because they're not a fit for your shop or your lifestyle that they're bad people or that you hate them it's just this wasn't the fit dude the one guy that uh that's hit me up recently he wants to come and do um do walk-ins a couple days a week um because he works in orlando also i hit up a former what the the owner uh, of the other shop locally today and um he's like yeah man honestly like I'd give him a shout if I was you. He just didn't fit in with us. It just didn't work for us. And he was going through some life stuff that I think got in the way of his work. And I was like, I'm really glad you said that. Like, other than, you know, the other conversation could have been, he did some really unforgivable shit and we hate him and he's going to bring bad into your life. And it wasn't yeah. that conversation. Now it was just like, hey man, give it a try. It's not going to ruin you if you do. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's cool you know but like also knowing okay i can reach out and get a reference from one of my friends um from the you know about this dude was really nice to know because you don't always get a, a an honest reference in tattooing yeah oh for sure you know? mm -hmm. i got i got a reference from a dude i didn't know about another dude i didn't know about my road team and he came on the road team with me, tried to take my whole team apart, started demonizing me. And uh, I was really happy to see him go. And he never was asked to work with us again. Then a year or so later, I run into him outside the bathroom at a convention and he apologizes. And he's like, wow, I didn't really know all the things that I know now. A lot went on since then. I'm really sorry for what I did to you. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, now I know if you ever get a, if I ever get a reference request coming through to you <coughs> about you, I can at least say, yeah, man, he might cause waves, but at least he has humility in the end after some time, you know, like this dude was just sold to me as this guy is fucking awesome. <coughs> yeah. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. I just got a text that uh, we're giving that piercer another chance. Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad. 
I don't want to get rid of the person. Uh, if they if they were who they fucking presented as, they're great news. Um, but I went to a buddy's uh, baby's uh, two year old birthday party yesterday, and as soon as we pulled up, me and Donna both had that impending doom of like, there's 20 cars here. I don't want to be around all these people, and social anxiety set in. Sometimes when you start a new job, social anxiety can set in. But like, this is the beauty. <coughs> of me not having to run and not having to operate the studio because I have management staff that they can go together and they can figure it out and see how it goes. So like, it's really cool to see like, you know, just from the one time that you were down here, Dusty, that one shop that thought we stole their social, their uh, website. Oh God. And then started dogging on us for doing $20 piercings and then fucking like used our storefront to fucking like spearhead yeah. a smear campaign against us, wrote bad ink, changed the colors to pink, black, and white instead of, I mean, red, black, and white instead of pink, black, and white. And I'm like, oh, how much that shook me. And so now since then, I realized that those people didn't hurt me and didn't take me down and can't hurt me and can't take me down. My piercer that was stuck on the $20 piercings has now left, so I no longer do $20 piercings. And, like, because of that piercer leaving, I now hired a manager in my studio or promoted a manager in my studio, and now I boosted morale there. And then also I don't have to be hands-on, and because I'm allowing them to make their decisions without being the boss, right? Like, I'm just the guy that... They say, hey, are you cool if we make this decision? And I'm like, well, I trust you guys. That's why you're in the positions you're in. And it's really cool to see like that trust like work in this positive fashion. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really cool because I wasn't able to trust like this at the beginning of the studio. Um, I didn't trust any of them, you know, like straight up, like open heartedly, like I have trust issues. I don't trust any of y'all. Fuck you. And it's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, I remember when when the mass exodus happened and I questioned everyone. I went to Brittany one day and I'm like, do you fucking ride for Rad Inc. or not? And this woman fucking teared up on me. And I was like, oh, just because some people hurt me doesn't mean that she's out to hurt me. Like, and just because not everyone doesn't ride for Rad Inc. doesn't mean Brittany doesn't ride for Rad Inc. Like, fuck. And then that made me realize I can't, I can't bleed on others who didn't cut me, you know? That's a really good way that that's been the, I mean, you know, you know a little more about what's going on and my thing that like, it's like, man, you, you hurt people, hurt others. Yes. And you get the choice to step back and be like, wait, maybe this isn't the move or you can kind of turn it into that. And you know, it, it is one of those things where hopefully it, it, you, people, someone can end that cycle and be like, hey, you know, yeah. instead of hurting things, let's fix some things and let's make it to where nobody feels hurt. And, uh, but I think, I think I got to see a little bit of that in action the last time I was down there where you had another employee that, uh, you know, maybe wasn't the fit. And I remember I was working that day and you were, you were at home, you and Donna were not uh physically doing so hot and uh 
as I found out the next day when I was not physically doing so hot. Um, but I was there and I remember Brittany pulled me aside and she was like, did you notice this? How do you feel about this? And right. just asking those questions and then her talking to Dana about it and her talking to Lindsay about it. And it seems like everybody there has a level of trust in each other of like, hey, can I pull you aside and get your thoughts on this? Can I see how you feel about this? But it was cool to watch it go, I mean, just two months ago, if that, from her being enough of a leader to be like, I'm seeing this and not feeling comfortable. And then talking to you to being able to be, you know, confident enough in her feelings and empowered enough by you that you trust her that like, okay, when I see this, I can just address it. We don't have to right. you know, dwell on it. We don't have to run and tell dad, like I am, I am enough of a leader here to be able to be like, no, I'm going to fix this or handle it. Right. And it's cool to hear that, you know, like I said, barely two months, if even two months later, now you've got Dana teamed up with her. Now they're doing that stuff and they're able to do it to where like, hey, we're going to handle this and you don't even have to leave your house and go yell. Right. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do boss stuff because, you know, I don't operate like a boss. I don't make people feel like they need to fear me. I don't hold that shit over their heads that I own the place. I used to do that shit. It never felt good to me. Um, and now, uh, since I've decided to not, buy myself a job by opening a studio and allowing other people to operate and really trusting them, man, like, and, and let's rewind to before I even met you, we took Brittany to the Harry Potter thing um, over a year ago when Donna was still pregnant. And um, I remember being like, all right, buddy, you're going to have to start being more assertive. And now it's to the point where like, Sometimes I'm like, hey, you're acting like me on a bad day, dude. Calm down. You know, like she goes, she went from being afraid to be assertive to turning into bad Robbie sometimes. <laughs> and like, I'm proud of her for that because like, you know, we got to learn how to press the brakes, but I'm glad that she learned how to press the gas too, you know? And that was really cool. And you, I didn't even realize like what you just said, like how I'm empowering her. Like, fuck. I've been wanting to empower my crew, but I didn't realize by like giving them real love and trust and not always trying to force guidance on them as a way to whatever, you know, like, cause guidance is one of the things I know how to like make people love, know, and trust me. You know, if I guide you, I give you good advice and now you don't know, like, and trust me more. But like, I didn't realize that like allowing you to be yourself is also like a level of guidance yeah and that that's huge allowing people to just step into their own greatness and that's totally a thing like with what i saw there the last time that there's so many ways that could have been handled and you know shops i've been at where that would have been turned into so what you why are you worried about it you think you run this place you think this you think that but you were able to be smart enough to like, okay, I'm going to look into this. And it may have even been something where you talked with the guy and it turned out she was being a little bit bad Robbie. And you're like, Hey, I think it's okay. The same way that they just messaged you like, Hey, actually we're going to give her a second shot. Maybe, you know, and that's the thing, but like, they'll never feel comfortable enough to do that unless you show them two, two very important things. One of them being that you trust them to do that. And the second thing, which is even bigger, and I think you have shown them, is that 
you trust them to do that even if it's not the right move. Like there's there's one thing to be said from somebody saying, okay, I trust you to make big decisions. Are How are they going to feel the second you make one and it doesn't turn out to be the right decision necessarily? Are they going to, okay, well, now you fucked up. Now, you know, boss privileges have been revoked or is it going to be, hey, you didn't, you don't win them all. Uh, but I see why you did what you did. I understand. We can talk about it and we can move forward. And then when you build a level of trust in someone that they can do what they want, it's one thing, but when you live, build a level of trust that they can be themselves and do what they want. And if it's not perfect, that you're not going to flip your lid, then like, that's a whole other tier up here of them being like, okay, I can feel comfortable to trust my gut. And if it turns out I was wrong, I'm not in the doghouse. I'm not shit canned. You know, Robbie's not going to come in and regulate that. It's just like, okay, fuck it. We figured out. And, you know, and that's on them too, to respect that trust by if they do goof up, being able to be like, yeah, I fucking goofed. Uh, let's fix it. Yeah. But yeah, you do a lot for people for that sort of stuff and making them feel like they can be <laughs> who they're supposed to be, do the things they're supposed to do and be themselves without a fear of, you know, repercussion or reprisal or, you know, being told it's wrong or to change or to dress a different way or do a different way or whatever. Well, you know, and I feel like a lot of it came from failure, you know, like I was not the best version of myself opening this studio. The, the weight of it got to me a lot of the time. And, you know, from going from, you know, slamming doors and yelling at fucking apprentices for fucking up my scheduling so bad that people are walking out of the studio because they feel uncomfortable to allowing people to make their own decisions and even their own mistakes. Because like, you know, we all know like the weight of making decisions is hard. It's big. Yes. So like, maybe I won't have to beat you up because you're already doing it enough for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what happens in decision-making. Sometimes... Sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. So it's been it's been a fun ride. And I appreciate your insight on that, Dusty. because uh, you've seen a lot over the past year of coming in and out of the shop. You know, yeah. like and you 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 visit regularly, which we need to schedule your next guest spot soon. Um yeah. so yeah, it's been an interesting ride, man. Uh it's been cool to have people like you coming in and out and seeing the ride, you know, like being a part of it. It's, it's been cool because I feel like for every time that I've been there, it's been different, but it's never felt step backwards different. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. If I had if I had come in that two week gap with no piercer, it might have felt a little like okay, step backwards. But you got to sometimes take a step back to make three moves forward. But before I could even, I mean, shit, that just happened two weeks ago. Maybe before I could even talk about coming back down, it's already like oh. You know, you you lost a piercer, you gained two, uh, maybe maybe one. Uh, time will yeah. tell. But the, the the spot is filled. The twenty dollars piercings are gone. You know, a lot of stuff that you weren't necessarily in love with or already moved on from. Uh, it, it seems like it really does. It's different every time, but never worse. Right, which is a good yeah. thing. I appreciate that, man, because it's it's always a it's always I don't want to say a struggle. But there's always work to be done. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, we're doing good figuring out the work that needs to be done. Um, you know, as soon as 
soon as our piercer left, uh, Brittany knows how much I hated all the writing on the piercing wall. So yeah. that got painted over. Brittany on her day off decided just to paint that wall and like make our piercing room feel fresh again. You know, That's and like, she knows I'm a weirdo and she knows I like to sage after everybody fucking being gone. So like, you know, she either she either does it for me or reminds me that I want to do it, you know, like so it's like it's really cool to have this team and to have outside people viewing it as like a growth and development process. Cause for a while there, man, I was so fucking head down in the books, I didn't realize I was learning anything, you know? And so we are doing well on the other side of it. Yeah. It's a nice time. And un unfortunately, other bad stuff will probably happen. Always but will. fortunately, uh, it seems like every every time I'm there, your team has been shaped a little more to handle it better and to pivot better. And it seems like for every time something bad does happen there, two or three good things happen. Yeah. I always say I'm I'm the type of guy that, that can step in shit and come out smiling. Uh, yeah. You know, my, my leg situation has proved that. My divorces have proved that. All my businesses that have failed and then all my businesses that have done well. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm doing really good in real life. Um, it's the simulation of the mind is where I'm not doing as good. Yeah. <laughs> Which you just adjusted your shit on, Amber. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can see, I can feel something different about you. You feel more light and fluffy and glowing. And a yeah, good we're much less weighed down. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, you know, it's funny how you said, Dusty, too, like, <laughs> had you been at the shop and we didn't have a piercer, you would have felt the step back. I don't know if you would have, because like all of our fucking personalities towards it was so positive for the new ushering in. It didn't matter. Like we, we didn't even care. Like we all knew it was going to work out. So that, and that's kind of what we've been going. It's, you know, it's that, that initial day of like, Oh damn, well, this is fucked. Yeah, you know, when people leave, but like the people that left are viewing it as a positive and that they're going to figure out the right fit, which, you know, if you ask me, which nobody did, like, I think private studio is probably going to be the, the move. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be good. And then, you know, on the flip side, if you ask me how things are, everybody equally was like, well, that sucks. And it's people we like, which always sucks, but positive foot forward all right let's get to moving some stuff around let's get to figuring out do we want to fill a seat with someone else do we even want to wait do we want to just let if it happens organically it happens we've got enough people it'll be fine you know how do we do this this and this and it, it for the most part was again like you said like a very this isn't a setback everything is a good thing move forward in the right way kind of attitude Robbie froze. What a face to freeze on. All right. He made he made it to 604. He almost made it to the end. He almost made it. <laughs> I gotta I gotta scroll my screen and see his frozen face. Oh now he's just a black screen. Oh now you are too. Oh wait, you're back. You are the host. Me, though. Oh, I'm the host. All right. Well, 
I would say in that case, that was a perfect wrapping point then because it is I think so 6.05, too. we're right there. Uh, so on behalf of Robbie and uh, Amber here, I will thank Reinventing and Guy and Gabe and the whole crew. And uh, thanks for giving us a space to talk about this sort of stuff. If you are somebody who tunes into this that does not tune into other Reinventing stuff because we have advertised it, uh, tune into other Reinventing stuff, whether you're an artist uh, an enthusiast, a collector. There's a lot of really super cool stuff. And it's a site worth checking out. Lots of fun videos, lots of interesting stuff. And uh, you, we love you all. Have a good holiday weekend and we'll see you next Monday. Yeah, and uh, sorry my internet. Hey, is. But uh, uh, thank you for doing the outro. I think, actually, I just saw that uh, Renee is doing paint night tonight. So we got to get the fuck out anyway. So uh, yeah, okay. thanks for doing the outro. Thanks for being here. Um, thanks for being you and I love you guys and I love all of y'all that is watching. So thanks for tuning in. See y'all next week. Love you guys. Have a good night. Love you, bye. Love y'all. Take care. <laughs>